Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. President Biden made this statement. This is part of his statement. After I became president in March, I had my national security advisor ask the intelligence community to prepare a report on their most up-to-date analysis of the origins of COVID-19, including whether it emerged from human contact with an infected animal or from a laboratory accident. I received that report earlier this month and asked for additional follow-up. Questions being asked about the origin of COVID-19. We also spoke with the chairman of the British government's Foreign Affairs Committee about that issue about a month ago, and they're looking into it. They're very interested in how this all came about. In this country, we have Parliament demanding secret documents concerning top security clearance given to two uh, of China's scientists to operate inside the National Microbiology Laboratory Lab in Winnipeg, Level 4 Security, Canada's top biosecurity lab. Uh, Parliament is demanding secret documents be turned over to Parliament. The Trudeau cabinet is refusing to hand over the documents to Parliament and is suing the Speaker while seeking to have a court rule the documents must remain secret. The records include information on the hiring of scientists to work at the Canadian lab, and one of those scientists, at least, is a member of the People's Liberation Army of China. This is really, really, um, well, it's confusing, it's disturbing, and it demands answers, many answers and direct answers. We're joined on the program by Dr. Christian Luprecht. He is a professor at leadership in the Department of Political Science, the Royal Military College, a monk senior fellow at the MacDonald Laurier Institute, cross-appointed to Queen's University, an Eisenhower Fellow at the NATO Defense College in Rome, and he's the author of Intelligence as Democratic Statecraft, which is about to be published by Oxford Press. Christian, thank you for joining us on the air. There are many questions being asked in this country that demand answers, particularly given the scenario at the Winnipeg Biosecurity Lab. Let's start with this. And I, and I know... These are you have some thoughts you're going to share with us. Your thoughts, um, your assessments. Let's get at the whole question of how COVID nineteen began. President Biden wants to know: Was it accidentally released from Wuhan? Was it animal to human transmission, or is there a third option? What do you think is is taking place? I think the issue has come increasingly under question as to what the origins of the virus are, both because I think we've generally become more skeptical about the narrative that has come out of China and because uh, as we connect the dots on the available evidence, I mean, the um, Secretary General of the World Health Organization publicly stated that the investigation by the World Health Organization, the Wuhan virus, uh, was not sufficiently transparent and that the lab leak theory remains on the table. Intelligence organizations have consistently left it open. There's debate in the U.S. intelligence community, the largest and best informed intelligence uh, community in the world. Um, and there's also debate about the virus itself and to what extent the virus may or may not have been subject to genetic modif modification uh, that is beyond what you would normally see in terms of human mutation. And so I think one of the, uh, the, the common theories that uh, this was possibly a, a leak, perhaps an unintended leak out of the lab. But I think 
there's another way to possibly look at this. And this is entirely conjecture of my, on my part. But we know that the Chinese are running a bioweapons program. And so there is some speculation as to the extent to which the Chinese may have released this virus on purpose, precisely to see whether they can engineer a virus that will spread and spread quickly. And that uh, they either released it as an intentional social experiment or a social experiment that subsequently got out of hand. Because bioweapons are notoriously difficult to deploy because you have to get them to where you want them. And then you tend to need a considerable level of expertise in order to uh, weaponize them. And so here the question is, were the Chinese possibly working on the virus that they could deploy and then a virus that they could then subsequently um, modify genetically to make it deadly and to turn it into a deadly pandemic. And so in this case, I think if, if it was intentional, it was not intentional to turn it into a deadly global pandemic. What the Chinese probably didn't account for is the potential mutations that might have occurred in this particular case. But all that to say is I think it is somewhat suspect that um, no one in China seems to want to have a sensible discussion about what the origins of the virus are. And I think part of that is because it's not just about the lab itself and the possible leak. It is also that such a, an investigation um, may uncover components of a bioweapons program and a Chinese capability in bioweapons uh, that the Chinese uh, certainly would not once disclosed under any circumstances. The U.S. State Department a few weeks ago, and this is the conversation I had with the chairman of the British Parliament's Foreign Affairs Committee, the U.S. State Department released information or a report that stated that the uh, that China is in fact, and has been since 2015, engaged in the uh, operation of a bioweapons program which they see as potentially the deciding factor in any World War III scenario where the bioweapons would overwhelm the opponent's national health care systems. And again, this is what I spoke with Tom Tugendhat about the British member of parliament and chairman of the Foreign Affairs Committee. Is there a, is there a feeling, uh, you're very connected, well connected with the international intelligence community, is there a feeling uh, out there just permeating that perhaps the scenario that you've ex, uh, described to us? You said it's your conjecture. But is there a sense out there that this is a quite plausible scenario? There's certainly concern that China is looking to be competitive on every spectrum of weapons technology. Everything from hypersonic weapons to underwater unmanned vehicles that can be deployed close to coasts. Um, and certainly um, in the chemical as well as sort of in the bioweapons domain. And one of the things that China has certainly learned is that bioweapons can be extremely disruptive to democratic institutions. And of course, one of the narratives that we've heard time and again from authoritarian regimes is um, about the performative capability of democratic regimes in light of a global challenge such as a pandemic, trying to shore up their own legitimacy and their own credibility. So it is not just about the way you might deploy a bioweapon, for instance, in terms of a deadly virus uh, to cause significant disruption, dislocation to Western economies, but also to their political systems and to the legitimacy 
of those particular political systems. And so given that the origin of perhaps such a virus would, as we have learned here, always be very difficult to attribute to any one particular source, um, it would be a way to cause precisely the sort of global disruption that you might be looking for if you're looking to generate significant uncertainty uh, among democratic regimes um, and at the same time proffer your own authoritarian regime um, as uh, a capable alternative and then trying to capitalize on the economic disruption um, in order to expand your own economic and political ideology, uh, both in the region and across the world. And so I think this may very well have been a test run by the Chinese to see how exactly the world would uh, react uh, to a virus that is not necessarily intended as a deadly virus, but a virus that would cause some disruption. So where does Canada fit fit into this? Have we been, have we been duped? And, and what do you suppose might have led the RCMP to investigate, or at least to, to, to raid the lab and remove the two scientists? So if my previous conjecture is correct, then... One of the concerns is what role might Canadian IP, intellectual property, and know-how and the transfer of such IP have played in the Chinese ability to um, develop and mutate a possible virus. So I think there, one of the concerns here is, I mean, the RCMP has stated publicly that these individuals are being investigated uh, for the purpose of not having basically done their paperwork to transfer um, some virus samples to uh, the Wuhan lab. But look, I don't think federal civil servants are necessarily going to get fired, less, let alone have a national security investigation, simply for not having done uh, paperwork properly. And so what I wonder is whether one of the concerns is that um, some of the samples, um, in particular, pot potentially some of the plasma samples and other technology that uh, was developed um, at the National Microbiology Lab in Winnipeg, um, was uh, in the process of being transferred irregularly to the lab in Wuhan, subsequently ended up being playing a role in the way um, the Wuhan lab was able to engineer and mutate the virus. So bioweapons programs are very complex. The technology behind it would take uh, years, uh, possibly decades to develop uh, on their own. And so that it would, it would make sense that the Chinese would be looking to capitalize on the technology elsewhere and that essentially Canada provided inadvertently dual-use technology uh, that may have played a role in engineering the virus and, and mutating the virus. And if that, of course, is the case, if there is a genuine connection um, in terms of the conjecture that I'm putting forward between the Wuhan lab and the Winnipeg lab, that, of course, has the potential to be politically explosive, not just for the government of the day, but also for Canada as a whole in terms of the Western alliance uh, with both our allies and our democratic partners. And so... I wonder whether those documents, this is not just about protecting the government and perhaps um, people not having acted quickly enough on concerns about security clearances, um, but whether these documents potentially contain some explosive evidence and material in terms of the relationship that intelligence has established between the Winnipeg lab and the Wuhan lab 
that uh, the government is seeking under all circumstances to keep from public eye because the steps that we're seeing the government take to try to make sure these documents have no chance of seeing uh, the light of day to be possibly uh, debated in public uh, seem to be quite extraordinary to me, even for a national security investigation. And this is the first time, is it not, that this kind of suit, lawsuit, has been undertaken by a government to sue the Speaker of the Parliament? It would certainly buy the government enough a runway um, if there is going to be an election in the coming months uh, to make sure these documents don't uh, become public for the time, pe- uh, time being, given that the federal court will likely take some time to um, assess the suit. And there might possibly be, regardless of what the outcome is, an appeal um, of that uh, particular federal decision. Uh, to the Supreme Court, given the importance of the relationship and the constitutional precedent uh, in terms of the relationship between the political executive and parliamentary sovereignty. But look, since 1848, we have had the principle of responsible government as the fundamental constitutional principle in this country. That is to say, the government of the day is responsible to the people through parliament. And the government, in its decision of not um, complying uh, with Parliament's will to uh, provide those documents uh, in a um, and, and having a parliamentary law clerk, a clerk redact them according to federal legislation uh, before they're handed over to committee. Um, that seems to be um, fundamentally challenging the very basic constitutional principle of Canadian democracy, Canadian parliamentary Westminster democracy. Well, many questions will come out of this conversation, and certainly. You have a great deal of credibility nationally and internationally on intelligence matters. And these are questions that demand answers. Christian, thank you so much for coming on the program, speaking about this. Thank you, Roy, for the opportunity to uh, discuss this important matter. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.